Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, episode 38 about Sanibel and Captiva Islands. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I am Christina. I'm Tanya. This week, we are sponsored by Bookshop. It's an online bookstore that allows you to shop both your local bookstore and bookshops across the country. We use Bookshop to compile our favorite road trip resources, fun beach reads, or classic favorites. It's easy to use, and each purchase supports the bookstore you choose. Or if you don't choose a bookstore, proceeds are divided among hundreds of bookstores across the country. Visit floridatravelpod.com slash bookshop to see our must-reads list and start shopping local today. Yay! Books. Christina, mm-hmm. didn't we already talk about Sanibel and Captiva Islands? Yes, and apparently it's a favorite topic. It is. It's probably one of our most downloaded episodes. So I think it is. We decided to bring in a special guest this week to talk a little bit more about Sanibel and Captiva Islands, but we'll tell you about them in a little bit. But before we bring them on, let's go into our Florida tip of the week. This is a great tip. Oh, thank you. So my tip of the week is to pack earplugs, especially if you're flying in. Did you know that you can get hearing damage or tinnitus from airplanes? I did, especially if you fly a lot. I have a I have a blogger friend of mine that I read her email recently and she was starting to experience tinnitus and they attribute it to all of the airplane flights that she has taken. And I think that's, <clears throat> I mean, that's, I, I had no idea. I didn't even think about it. Me so either. I also think, you know, you never know who might be in the next room when you're staying in a hotel room. Or your own room. Or, <laughs> or if you have kids and you want to go to sleep and they don't. Uh, yeah, pack earplugs. I think that is, it's such a great um, little thing that you don't normally think about. And, but, and you know, Tanya? Yes. If you're packing, you may as well not forget your sunscreen. Oh, good point. Thanks. All right. This week, we are so excited to welcome the folks from Sanibel and Captiva Guide. Yes. Nick, Lori, and Max have their own podcast, even more localized than us, which I absolutely love. They're experts about the Sanibel and Captiva Islands, and they're here to tell us even more. Welcome, guys. Hey, well, thanks for having us. Much appreciated. Hi, thanks. Well, tell me who we have here. Let's get, I'm going to bring, let's bring Max in as well. There's actually myself, Laurie, uh, I'm, I'm Nick, um, originally a photographer on the islands. And this is my wife, Laurie. We've been business people on the island for uh, 20 years uh, nice. on Santa Islands. So, yeah. And then where's Max today? I'm going to get him right here. Okay. <laughs> Are you bringing him in through FaceTime? (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. The beauty of technology. Max Max has been to business school at FSU. He's just come back. And uh, here he is. Um, He's just come back from business school and he's come back to to work with us. So this is Max. Hi, Hi, Max. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to have him over the shoulder there, right? We'll get him in the middle of us. I got to say, um, these islands, I've, I've gone there at most, I was there mostly as a child growing up, but they are some of my favorite places in the whole state to visit as far as beaches goes and vacationing goes. It's like a tropical oasis. It's like going out to the Bahamas, but we're right here in Florida. <laughs> Well, and we talked about this before you guys came on. We have another episode where we talk about Sanibel and Captiva a little bit, and it is our most downloaded episode. So I think this, you know, can give it a run for its money. Yeah, 
I, I listened to it too. I was one of your listeners. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> so well, tell. Oh, that was something a little different. I mean, it's it, it's. Uh, I think typically or stereotypically, especially. I don't know if you can tell from my accent, but I'm originally from England. But um, stereotypically, English people have a, a vision of, of Florida as being, you know, Cocoa Beach, uh, Orlando, Miami. Uh, Miami, the Keys. They don't typically see the more, you know, the, the more tropical sides. Like right. Hey, so even the Florida uh, residents don't always know where all the tropical sides are either. So that's, I, that's why we're here. I feel like Sanibel and Captiva are like this little protected section because they're so different than every other even beach location in Florida. I mean, they just have this sort of magical quality about them that you don't find in many places here at all. And it's like, it's like this little protected oasis. (laughs) And it's all down to Sanibel incorporating in the seventies. It was owned by Lee County and Lee County came and said that they were going to put 90,000 homes on Sanibel and Captiva and the residents came together and said, we don't want that. We want to protect our island. So in the 70s, they had a vote and they incorporated into their own city and they stopped all that development. And now we have uh, 60% of the island is a, a nature preserve and uh-huh. it's conservation lands. Well, she just uh, jumped well. ahead and answered one of my questions that I had for the yeah, <laughs> I was going to, before we really dive in though, I was just going to ask, you know, if you guys could just tell us about yourselves and like your connection to the Sanibel area. So Nick, you were saying, you know, you guys have been there for 20 years. Obviously you weren't born there, but you know, tell us, tell us how you got I'll, there. I'll give you a quick, a quick, a, a quick rundown how we ended up here. We, we both met uh, in 19, in mid nineties, we were working on cruise ships together. I was from England, a, a budding photographer. Laurie was about to go to get a teaching job and decided to get a job on cruise ships. I'm from Ohio. From Ohio. <laughs> uh, and she was working on cruise ships, working. We met on cruise ships. So that moving back to England for four years. And then we had Max. Uh, and when he was six months old, we decided to move to America. The, the theory being that if we didn't like it, we could still turn around, head back to England and, you know, we wouldn't skip a beat. Max was young enough to where he hadn't started school yet. So we ended up, we didn't fancy going to Ohio. We'd been spoiled with the Caribbean weather. Um, so Laurie had some relatives that lived down there, a sister and aunt and uncle uh, lived on the Santa Barbara. So it was a natural, it was the natural choice. You know? Yeah, that was my connection. I had always vacationed here as a child. It was my mother's only sibling. Her brother lived on Santa and we would come here. My parents are teachers, so as soon as Christmas break happened, we would jump in the car in Ohio, drive straight through, and yeah. spend two weeks in Annabelle, soaking up the sun and enjoying every minute of it. So I did that since I was 10 years old, so for like 30 years, that's what where I vacationed. So when we were deciding to move to America, we're like, let's go to Annabelle. So it sounds like you have a good connection to the islands, too. You made a good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, so fast forward now, Max is uh, 22. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just come back from college. and uh, he's back. I came back from a landlocked college. <laughs> you must have <laughs> suffered heavily. <laughs> so I definitely missed it a lot. Yeah. 
So, so one of our, our questions here, sort of, you kind of answered it already, but you could elaborate if you would like, um, about what makes Sanibel and Captiva Islands special, what makes it so special and unique. And cause obviously we, as people who have visited there can visually see that it is different. It is very different than all the places that we visited in Florida. So what makes yeah. it so special and so different? Yeah. Just building on what Laurie was saying about the incorporation. We, even this morning we had a conversation, Laurie's reading a book about how many people that actually voted to make Sanibel incorporated. And there was there was a thousand people that actually, that there was 1,200 residents and only a thousand voted. And 600 of them voted for in a, uh, to be incorporated. And they, they discounted uh, Captiva because it had a lot of costs um, you know, it, it connected to erosion and things like that. So then they really just pared it down to Sanibel. So that eventually went through. But, um, you, you know, they changed the rules after that they, you, to incorporate a, a, a sub-annex of, a, of a, a city or a county had to be more than 10,000 people. So it slipped through uh, when today that couldn't happen. Just a 1,000 people picked the future for for an island, um, which is kind of incredible. And I think it all started at that point in 1974. Yeah. 1974 uh, it, it forever changed the land of Sanibel. Right. I think if you look right across from, if you go to Lighthouse Beach, you can look right across at Fort Myers Beach and all you see is skyscrapers. Yeah. Isn't like, there... Isn't there I'm sorry, go ahead. I just uninhabited. That's what will happen to a beautiful paradise. Everyone wants to live there, so they squeeze as many people on there as possible. Fortunately um, for us, we don't have that. Well, we had an ordinance where there's no no higher than the treetops, I think, or is it three stories? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, that's what I I was just getting ready to ask that because we talked about it and I remembered that and we uh, mentioned it in our our episode. Yeah, three stories. No building higher than the tallest tree. Yeah, it's three stories. Right, that's exactly what I had heard. It was, it's such a weird description. No building taller than the history. And another thing, even if you're offshore, if if you're offshore on a boat at night, you'll see that um, it's a complete, uh, jump from if you look over towards Fort Myers Beach, you can see the twinkling of the lights and all the your nightlife and everything going on. Sanibel has an ordinance for the turtles so that there's no beach lighting. Like any beach, any lighting on the resorts, you'll see like if it's a globe, then half the globe will be blacked out on the beach side. Uh, so it only illuminates the land where it's necessary to yeah. so that turtles don't get confused when they're nesting. So I mean, everything about it is really. Around. It's so unusual to hear of a place like that here. Like everything, like you said, they want to push as many tourists in as they can. So it's highly unusual to hear a place. And that's what makes it from the outside look so much different when you visit than everywhere. It's yeah. Another thing, there are no stoplights. So we only have. (laughs) That's right. It's unusual. Um, yeah, so we actually have a policeman that will stand during busy times at the stop signs. So and directing traffic at the busy intersections, directing traffic. I remember in visiting that place that bikes are a huge deal. Like people riding bikes all over the place. I mean, at least that's how we remembered it. Um, tell us, tell us what you guys do at Sanibel Captiva Guide. So it basically started from uh, during the COVID uh, times. We were we we have always been busy with business. We have a photog- we've had a photography business on the island for twenty one years, mostly doing family beach portraits and beach weddings. So that is our background of what we've been doing on the island for twenty one years. And then the, when COVID shut everything down, I think we were shut down for about fifty five days. Here we 
decided to, after about five minutes of being together and being locked up, we were like, <laughs> get out, do something. So we started making little videos, um, you know, just flying the drone down the beach and just posting it and saying, here's a view from Sanibel Beach today. And, you know, obviously it was uh, there was nobody on the beach and it was quiet. And, and it got such a great response that it started, uh, uh, in 55 days of the close down, we made 45 videos, which... Wow. When you think that we weren't really video makers, narrators, writers of scripts and all the rest of it, if you look at the first one, it was very, very basic. But by the end, they'd become sort of like historical pieces a little bit, you know, with featuring on one part of the island. So, and you know, there was a massive difference between day one and day 45, but there was a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of uh, bickering, you know, like late at night because I wouldn't get until midnight and we're trying to get something up every day. But in the end, it was so well received that, we decided it would be a shame to stop it. And, you know, why, when, when things opened up a bit, let's keep all this content together in one place and then use it for, for visitors' benefits. And genuinely, we, we've been doing it for since the lockdown, so a year and a half now. And, um, you know, it was, it's been 99% done out of our own pockets and for free. Um, you know, just recently we started taking a couple of sponsors and we're looking for sponsors because we want to keep it going, you know, and, it, and it's it's a very, very tight, as you guys know, doing what you're doing. But, you know, making content is a hugely time-consuming thing. So we, it's something we want to take into the future. Um, we do a podcast, we do, the, we do videos, we do, um, you know, all different. We have a website for, you know, every information. Social media. Every social media. We're so. sharing stuff about, like, we'll go out and do the beach checks and, just check on the beach and people love to see stuff like that. You have TikTok too. We do have TikTok. Max is doing the TikToks. He's doing uh, what's I'm trying, I'm trying to eat every restaurant on Sanibel and Captiva. Oh, uh, nice. That'll go along with our question. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's jump over to that for a second. What is your favorite restaurant on the island? Actually, give us your favorite three and Ooh, and yeah. make them all different. <laughs> okay. I like to offer a challenge. <laughs> All three of us give our favorite three? Yeah, sure, there just, you go. Yeah. Well, you've got to put it in different categories. I would say, <laughs> like, for sure, like, if you want to go to a casual eat place and eat family style and you're not worried about dressing up and you want kids, or you've got kids and you just want some, some good food that you can put in family style on a, on, a, on a table, I would say the Lazy Flamingo. It's like a Key West raw bar. Lazy Flamingo? I love the name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's just ice cold beers. It's a beer and wine place, but a really cool place. It's so, been on the island for how many years? Yeah, for years. 60 years. 50 yeah. years. Uh, no, 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 not that long. But it's, 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 not that long. it's <laughs> no, I would say since 25 years. So Max um, is like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, not yeah. that long. <laughs> you tell her all there. So, yeah. that will be for a casual, casual dinner. So, we, you, you name something else. So, fancy dinner. We love traders. It's another restaurant that's been on the island for a long time. Their head chef is named Mike Patnode. He's a good friend of ours, but he produces amazing. They have kind of open style kitchen. And another thing that's unique about it, they actually have a kind of a gift shoppy side too. So, which is cool if you're waiting for your food or after you eat, you can kind of wander over and there's all kinds of Sanibel stuff, local arts and jewelry. So that's unusual too. And they have amazing seafood dishes and everything. And the the specials, like, you know, a lot of the times when you hear about specials, 
you know, the specials are the, the foods that they're trying to get rid of that didn't sell the day before. I can categorically say that, that, that they're not, the specials are genuinely special. Like they're things that are, that are you know, seasonal. Uh, and if he, can get, if he gets a great, you know, input of Mahi Mahi, then he'll make a special. It's not, it's so go for the specials. Yeah. And then your turn, Max. What's oh, your well, I'd have to say, I mean, our favorite lunch spot, we genuinely eat. Spoon Drift is our favorite lunch spot. We probably eat there at least twice a week. Um, it's like a quick grab and go. You go down and that's a um, rice bowl. It's run by a father and daughter, and they do an amazing job. Everything is fresh. They're literally in the back chopping ingredients while they're going and then cooking and, the ingredients right there. And it's tough to get something healthy-ish on, you know, <laughs> In any any resort town, so they. But there's plenty of others. There's 70 restaurants on the island. We, you know, that's three of them. You know, there's other great ones like Sweet Melissa's is a really nice fancy restaurant. Uh, the Mad Hatter is another one. One that you might have heard of, uh, which started here but now has expanded over, over the state of Florida, is Doc Ford's. They have like the most incredible like uh, Yucatan shrimp, which are every time. So our kids get a choice of where they go to eat on their birthday. And one of our daughters, it's me, always no. Max, no. Always, <laughs> always picks uh, Doc Ford's and it's, he always gets the same thing. What is it, Max? Lime panko crusted fish sandwich. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds really good. You guys yeah. gave us some really good, I think, hidden gems on the island. Though, it's too. far too close to lunchtime to be talking about this. I know. <laughs> Check out Max's TikTok today. Yeah. Yeah. We will. We'll yeah. be sharing those for sure. Yeah. Um, so what are, you know, so we've talked about eating. Obviously, eating is always a favorite thing to do. Right? <laughs> but what are your other favorite things to do on the islands? Like either activities. Yeah. And- either Sanibel or Captiva? Well, this is a, a good question because every podcast we do, we ask our guests what they suggest, <laughs> what they suggest they, their friends do. So let's I pass think, on what they say. Uh, I think the, the top top three would be number one, biking. See, is, the biking. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> along with the beach. And along with the beaches. It's tied for beaches. Well, you have to go to the beach. That's the obvious answer though. So. <laughs> but uh, you got to go to the beaches. Biking is definitely the best way to see the most of Sanibel in the best detail. I think we have about 26 miles of bike paths, which is not bad for an island as short as it is. Right. Okay, so I, I wanted to ask about the Viking because I, I mentioned this on our episode before, but I seem to remember something about that, that, the, that you can like bike the whole place easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it's actually one of our YouTube videos. It's all about the, how the bike paths started. And it was actually a group of women in the 70s, there was only a short amount of um, places for the kids to ride safely. And they started this movement where they um, actually started um, a charity and they raised money and they took the seed money to Lee County. And they actually, from these women, now we have these beautiful 25 miles of bike paths all around the island. So and it's, it's really safe, cool. you know, you can take young kids, they're separated from the roadways to, for the most part, yeah. um, they're wide, so so it would be beaches, bikes, and then the other thing is fishing, obviously we're a barrier island, so we have back bay fishing and we also have uh, offshore fishing, so so yeah, those would be the three top things I would say. Nice, yeah. very good suggestions. Um, and so you guys do these things and you've experienced all of these things. So, so that's a, I think that's a safe oh, bet. <laughs> let's put this into context. We will often go by boat from our house 
to a restaurant and then we'll, you know, we could anchor offshore and then go ashore and, and, and That's hang awesome. out. That's so or, great. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we do all of these things we do. When during COVID, we were doing actually all the filming because the beach uh, parking was uh, closed. We did everything by bicycle. So, yeah. Nice. Bikes yeah, everywhere. You couldn't park in here. Yeah. yeah. Park. We may have to have them back to talk about fishing because that's something I don't do a whole lot of. I would love to explore even more, but I think we could just have a whole episode dedicated to fishing in the islands too, like what to bring, what to fish, what Places kind of fish, yeah, yeah, where you go. I think that's such a times too. You know, we just had my buddy on who was a uh, who is a fishing guide. Okay, and, uh, oh. I grew up with since I was in preschool here, and he became a fishing guide when he was like seventeen, and now he gave us you know, all the info, insider information. That's it. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of it and it's so many, so many varieties of fishing just because of the location. Uh, um, so everything from shark to inshore breeds like, uh, you know, trap and, uh, you know, uh, tarpon, tarpon, you've got tarpon, which tarpon, are inshore. Yeah. Yeah. Like the shark. Right. Which started actually, we have a bay called Tarpon Bay and that was um, when it, and I don't even know what it was, the twenties or There's something. There's a time in the century that was, somebody caught a tarpon on a rod and reel for the first time here. And from that spurred this huge sport fishing that, um, craze basically that people from up north, the wealthy people from up north would actually come down here and actually fish for tarpon. Started the time of, sport fishing where it wasn't actually for food. Oh yeah. Good point. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any like hidden gems that the visitors don't typically know about that you think is worthwhile to visit when you're in Sanibel or Captiva? We can, we do, we can definitely tell you like there was, um, there was the, the, the beaches, there's some beaches that if you're willing to go a little bit out of your way, Mm -hmm. um, one of them is called um, Silver Key Beach. Silver Key Beach, and you can't actually get to it. There's no parking, or but so you have to get on your on your feet and actually walk to it. But if you do, you're going to be the you know one of very few people on the beach, and uh, you know you're going to have it to yourself. It's beautiful driftwood, and we uh, like that. <laughs> yeah. I've been there twice in the last few months, and I was the only person on the beach. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. A quarter mile south of Blind Pass, which is one of the most busy beaches around and i was literally the only one there yeah perfect i love it there's the historical museum and village which was <laughs> we have a family on the island the baileys who had have a general store that was started in 1880 i feel like i've heard about that place yeah i i feel like that yeah that's a great one too Right. So basically, a family from Kentucky moved here in in the 1800s. They started a general store to serve the island population and to export the farm goods that were grown on the island that developed into a general store. Now it's one of two general stores on the island, and it's still run by the third and fourth generation Baileys, which is amazing. That is really cool. Oh, and that's, aren't they, don't they have something to do with the Shell Museum as well? That's yes. where I heard yeah. that name. Yep. Tanya's not allowed to talk about shells. I'm not allowed to pick any more shells. <laughs> they actually donated the land to uh, build the Shell Museum, and they donated, they started the Santa Paula Historical Museum and Village. So okay. a lot of the old houses have been moved instead of being torn down. They've preserved these houses and moved them 
to this historical museum and village. So I just think it's a great place to visit. Um, the original Bailey's is there. Yeah, the, the original Bailey's store is there that was on the, on the Bay side. There's a old tea room. There's the post office. There's is, an old, is the tea room still open? It's not, no. But I'll, you can walk in the buildings, but they're just, and they describe, oh, you know, it's like a museum. So it's not open as for a tea room. I mean, we're talking about very simple structures, as you can imagine, like these were barrier islands that were, you, you had to be quite an arduous type of person just to even survive here because there was very little vegetation. And, um, you know, so they're very simple structures, but are, are definitely a good nod to the past, you know. Yeah. So that would be my hit up the historical museum and village. All right. Definitely. One more question for you guys. And we need to we need to wrap it up. But I think we can definitely say we want to have you guys yeah. back. But when would you think is the best time to visit? My absolute favorite would be uh, around about now. Yeah, Sep- mine is now. <laughs> September is the quietest time. If you give it another few weeks, go into October when the, t- the temperature matches the lack of people. It's oh. like a little bit cooler. There's no people here. It hasn't started getting really busy. I think it's October. November is the best time to be here. We've just noticed yesterday the weather starting to get real nice. Right, we yeah. were just talking about that. <laughs> <Same here. laughs> yeah, and this will air October 12th. So yeah, we're talking right in the middle of the month. That'll be that'll be great. So, you know, um, we, we do want to always talk about like the top, our top three things from our episode, what we want to do. Um, we would love, you know, if you guys had to pick three things, you know, whether it's eating, dining, activities, what, you know, what would you guys love uh, to do in the area? I would say all of those. <laughs> it's hard okay. to pick, right? Depends on the day. A couple of things that are, that are obviously on the island and you've got the, there's, there's the four major stops, which are Bailey's. If you're thinking about things that are only available here, you've got the Bailey Matthews Shell Museum. You have the Ding Darling Wildlife Preserve, which is an absolutely phenomenal place. Um, and then uh, you've also got locally the Edison Museum, which is Edison's, Thomas Edison's home. That's in Fort Myers. Um, so historic, you know, I mean, like as far as museums go, that would be my three Three yeah. things. And visiting the Sanibel Historic Lighthouse, too, which was built in 1884. Hey, I yeah. think that's so a really... And just right behind it is amazing. I think that's a really good transition to talk about our Florida featured travel product of the week. Every week we talk about our favorite products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week's feature product is She Sells Sanibel. And so, Lori, you probably sent me this link, didn't you? Tell me about <laughs> your shop. Yeah, so I have just a small Etsy shop where we sell some of Nick's photography on there, some um, Sanibel and Captiva themed goods that you can purchase I love your picture yes. of your lighthouse too. Yeah. Sanibel, please. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And she's got a couple of great pictures of the historical lighthouse and just things that remind you of Sanibel. And I think it's a, a fantastic way to, um, you know, bring a little bit of Sanibel home. If you don't live there, then, you know, check out She Sells Sanibel. We'll have a link in our show notes. Um, yeah. 
I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. We definitely, you know, are, are starting to run a little bit out of time here. So uh, we're going to have to cut this short. There's obviously a lot of people are looking to go to Sanibel and looking at Captiva and downloading these episodes um, from us and from you. So make sure you are checking out the Sanibel Captiva guide on um, on any podcast player because they're podcasters as well and um, all over the social medias we'll link all of those things out there for you guys and any yeah, final our website, our website is the sandcapguide.com and that's where you find all the information compiled on there you'll see the podcast we have uh, downloads of beaches and everything you could ever need everything Fantastic. you could ever need absolutely I think I'm a little bit jealous that you guys live there in paradise so <laughs> Uh, again, thank you all so much, Nick, Lori, and Max. And we will talk to you and bring you guys on again soon. Bye. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Us. You bet. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. All right, Christina, we're, we got to stay tuned and, and talk about where we're going to go next week. Absolutely. And in the meantime, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Florida Travel Pod or FloridaTravelPod.com, where we are sharing all of our most recent travels. If you've experienced something we haven't talked about, you can comment with your favorite tips or ideas and anything that you would like to suggest. Uh, or you can reach out to us on email at hello at FloridaTravelPod.com. And you can support us by following us, leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoy our content, support us on Patreon. Go to Patreon.com slash Florida a travel pod and it allows us to dedicate more time to research all the best content and bring on some more guests perhaps too from the sunshine state next week we're going to the world's most famous beach daytona, daytona. <laughs> but that's it for this week i'm tanya and i'm christina stay sunny everyone